of Generic Conversations. I'm your host, Jen Amos. I asked this last Friday and I thought I'd ask again. How's it going? At the time of this recording, it seems that many of us have finally accepted the new normal of social distancing due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So how are you holding up? What does your new normal look like? It's weird because as an introvert and as someone who has proudly worked from home for the last decade, it really started to hit me this week that socializing virtually is no longer a choice of mine, but a requirement. Even though this has been my normal for so long, it's now become a serious normal with different lenses. And so this week I have been aware of even just that slight anxiety of feeling stir crazy and taking a step back to examine these thoughts and remind myself that I'm not the only person going through this alone and to gain the skills and the creativity to maintain a social and professional life. Which is why I think this next interview with networking strategist Lori Seitz couldn't have come at a better time. Before we dive into today's conversation, I have some announcements, as I always do. First of all, if you have really been enjoying these conversations and you want to go beyond the podcast and continue to get resources related to the types of conversations we've been having on the show, consider signing up for the Generic Conversations podcast newsletter by visiting genericpodcast.com. Remember, generic is with a J as in Jen, like my name, genericpodcast.com. Secondly, if you've really enjoyed the vibe of the show so far, and you're looking to be in community with people who love to be candid and open about their stories and their triumphs and their tribulations and their challenges, and you're seeking that kind of inspiration through their stories and even inspiring others by sharing your story, consider signing up for my mastermind. Now, I'm still figuring out the kinks of it, but if you would like to be the first to receive updates on that mastermind, it's going to be virtual, of course, for obvious reasons, but go ahead and check out genericpodcast.com or the show notes of this episode to join the mastermind's waiting list. And last but not least, the show would not be possible if it wasn't for my sponsors. If you are an aspiring independent podcaster, I highly encourage you to check out the sponsors of this show. I get asked quite often, Jen, how did you start podcasting? Where do you even begin? What web hosting service do you use? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the sponsors of this show are all the resources that I've used so far to do podcasting. So check it out. Simply, once again, visit genericpodcast.com or check out the show notes. Or if you want to shortcut it, visit genericconversations.com. Once again, that's generic. Remember, generics with a J conversations as in plural.com genericconversations.com to just jump straight to our sponsors all right i am really excited to dive into this next conversation that i have with networking strategist Lori sites this conversation will have you thinking about what does it really mean to network is it about sales and if not what is it really about also why are so many of us just bad at it I don't know about you, but I've definitely run into those type of people that have commission breath. You know, the kind of breath where you could just tell in an instant that they just want to sell you something. And lastly, this conversation will have you thinking about three steps to effectively network and the most important step you can take during this time of weirdness, 
as Lori describes it. Also, I just want to personally thank Lori because soon after this interview I did with her, she immediately, within I think 24 to 72 hours, started to connect me with a bunch of people on LinkedIn. Uh, and some of those contacts actually already turned out to be very fruitful. So Lori Seitz, thank you so much for one, being the networking strategist you are, and also practicing what you preach. All right, with that said, please enjoy this next interview with Lori Seitz. Hey everyone, Jen Amos here. Welcome back to Generic Conversations, where I'm very fortunate to have candid conversations with amazing individuals that'll have you say, I needed this. I'm your host, Jen, and I'm grateful to have you join us for today's conversation. So today's conversation is with Lori Seitz. Lori Seitz is a networking strategist with Zen Rabbit, and she helps people comfortably build relationships that serve your business so you can serve the world. Lori, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited. I mean, I just feel like I've had so many amazing conversations so far since this podcast show has started. But, you know, back in my young 20s, I used to be a networking queen. I used to go to every local <laughs> networking event and really build those relationships. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today as a networking strategist about what you do and everything. For people that are getting to know you for the first time, Lori, why don't you share a snapshot of your life today? Sure. Yeah. A snapshot of my life today requires just one little step to the back of what, so where I started. Networking strategy is what I teach. So I was teaching people specifically how to feel comfortable going to events, face-to-face -face events, conferences, luncheons, things like that, mm -hmm. how to feel comfortable making connections at events. So mm -hmm. then the pandemic comes along mm -hmm. and now I need to <laughs> change direction a little bit because I was doing in-house workshops with corporations and speaking at conferences and, and none of that stuff is happening right now. Right. So my focus has been more on helping people still build their business and still network even in this, what I refer to as this time of weirdness. <laughs> so it's a little bit more focused on the follow-up piece, which is the third part of the three parts of networking that I talk about. So how can you use this time to connect with people? Maybe you've been to events in the past three or six or 10 months and you have business cards sitting on your desk collecting dust. Don't mm -hmm. feel bad. Most people have those. So yes, it's true. It's <laughs> so true. now's a great time or now has been a great time to do the follow-up on that and to make connections with people that you have through social media that maybe you connected with, but you're not really connected. Like, you know, there's a difference between being connected and actually having a relationship with. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy. And I think that in our personal lives, we're already doing it anyway. I just think for myself, when this whole pandemic started, I started to just check in with friends and family. And before you know it, I now have like weekly calls with my girlfriends on Fridays and I have weekly calls with my family on Sundays. And mm -hmm. I didn't even think for a second there that I could sort of do the same thing with people that I had, you know, built relationships with or even became acquaintances with in the networking space. You know, I didn't think to have done the same thing as well. So I think that's a really awesome strategy, especially for people who are thinking like, oh my gosh, how am I going to build my business today? Right. Right, exactly. And it's not really about sales. I mean, it's never really about sales and selling. It's about building the relationship and things that come out of that. But especially now, it's been about how can I be of service? And maybe that turns into a sale or maybe it just deepens the relationship for a sale to happen down the road. 
Yeah. I like how you say deep in relationship. It made me think about all my friends who are in real estate. And my initial thought for them was like, oh my gosh, like how are they going to do open houses? It's going to be different now. And one of my friends, when this whole thing started, she went out of her way to, to sew masks for her community. And obviously she couldn't do it for everyone, but you know, she showed us like videos. Like I think she did like a fast forwarded video of her just like sewing all these masks. She's like, if anyone wants one, come on by. And I just think that is one of many ways to, you know, deepen your relationships with your community and people you already know, and particularly your prospects. For sure. That's a fantastic idea. I love that. <laughs> There's so right. There's so many different ways that you could be of service and be creative about it and yeah. still maintain and like deepen relationships with people who may or may not become clients or but you never know where again, that's the thing about relationships is you never know where it's gonna go. Maybe they're not a client, but they send you a referral or they share a resource with you. You just never know. Yeah, you know, I think when people are in business for themselves, like I know when I initially first started, I had always thought that if I go into a room and like no one is interested in buying my services, like that's it. <laughs> you know, like it took me later on to realize that it takes a number of touches or a number of interactions before someone even considers you and maybe even wants to consider like inquiring about your services and everything. And so I know that you had mentioned that follow up is the third step in networking, if you don't mind sharing, what would be the first two steps for people that are looking to improve their networking skills in this time and even for moving forward when we finally get to a new normal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look at networking as having three parts. The first part is what do you do before you get to an event? And even if we're not talking about a physical event that you go to, it's kind of like, what do you do before you put yourself out there if mm -hmm. it's let's say LinkedIn, because that's the business social media platform. Mm -hmm. What do you do before you get to networking? And then the second part is what do you do once you're there? How do you start a conversation? How do you break into a conversation that's already happening? How do you hold yourself at an event and feel comfortable doing it? Because a lot of the people I work with feel very anxious about yeah. going to events. And then the third piece is the follow-up. And most people really kind of suck at that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's true. Cause it, I, I think like, true. I think the networking space is awkward enough. Just as you said, I remember for me in my young twenties, I'm 32 now, but like in my young twenties, I had been fired from four jobs <laughs> like consecutively. And so I got into sales out of necessity. It was like the one thing where I was like, okay, no one's going to fire me in this. But at the time I was just a very proud introvert and I still am. But you know, looking back, I realized I need to stop using that as an excuse to socialize. But mm -hmm. I remember back then I really had to get into this extrovert mindset and be like, okay. And just like what you said, like I had to prepare before the event. And then when I show up, I have to be very intentional with who I reach out to. But even so, just that anxiety of being there. I think when you think a lot about yourself rather than serving, I think that's probably part of where the nerves come from. That's, exactly. Yeah, that's me like thinking out loud. I'm like, maybe that's why mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like nervous. But it sounds like you know a lot about that. <laughs> that. That is a lot of it. And then some other pieces of it are just not knowing not having the skills or not having the knowledge to do it. So it feels yeah. uncomfortable because I don't know what to say or it's not even necessarily I'm so focused on myself. Although, like you said, that's a big part of it. But how do you break into a conversation, for example? Like that's yeah. not a I'm focused on me kind of thing. There is a little bit of a method to it. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so if you don't know how to do it, then you're going to feel that anxiety walking into the room. 
Yeah, that's so true. My husband and I, we mainly network on LinkedIn now. So it's obviously very different. But I remember when I would go to these networking events, and even before this pandemic started, and I had met people at conferences, like, one of the first things that some people would ask me is like, oh, hey, Jen, so what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so what do you do? And I'm curious, is that a good first question to ask anyone <laughs> like when you're networking? It is the worst question you can possibly <laughs> ask. And I encourage everyone to never ask it. However, <laughs> and I can give you some better questions in a minute, but so you know you're going to get that question. Part of preparing before you get to an event is coming up with what is your clear and concise answer to that question mm-hmm. because it's a horrible question and people have been trained to ask it, so you're going to get it. So instead of right. pretending you don't want to hear it and then being caught like a deer in headlights, when it comes, prepare ahead of time. You're going to get it. Right. So Yeah. So make sure that you're ahead of the game by having an answer. And then if you are the one asking the questions, ask better questions. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I remember when people would ask me that question, like, what do you do? I'd be like, well... It depends on, you know, because I have multiple projects. So it's like, I like, it depends on who I'm talking to, depends on like the situation I'm in. Like, if I build a relationship with them first, if I build the rapport, then in my mind, I know what to say, what I do. Kind of like before we started this recording, you were asking me what my other podcast shows were. And it's like, you know, I wouldn't have brought those up, hadn't you asked me. But maybe if I had gone to know you a little more, like, let's say you were you know, part of one of my niche markets that I speak to, I'd be like, oh, I do this podcast show, right? But like to get asked right away, like, what do you do? And there's no context yet and there's no report. It's like, well, (laughs) it kind of throws you off. And so would you be willing to share maybe like if I were to go out there and I wanted to avoid asking that question, what should I ask instead? One of my most favorite questions to ask people, and it's also based on the responses I have gotten, one of the most favorite questions people like to be asked is, what are you most excited about working on right now? Mm, That's awesome. And it leaves it wide open to answer any way you want. So you could answer it in what you're doing in your business, or you could answer it as it relates to your personal life. Sometimes people are at events and they may be in a job transition. So they don't, you know, the what do you do question is really uncomfortable. Right. This question allows them to answer it however they want. And the other cool thing about this question is that it gives you so much more insight into who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. lights them up? And they're excited to tell you what they're excited about. Yeah. Takes the relationship, start off on a whole different foot. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I'm glad that you said that. It makes me think about my other shows. And I think like, okay, good. Like, because that's sort of the question that I ask people when I'm getting to know them for the first time. It's like, hey, tell me about you. And more importantly, what excites you about life nowadays? So Mm -hmm. I feel like I did that. So I'm going to check that off and give myself a pat on the back (laughs) (laughs) for having a form of that question like on my other podcast shows. Yeah, I mean, it's a really simple question, but people just don't think about asking better questions. Because again... This is the thing about networking. And when you look at the definition of it, people think it's about selling and talking about yourself and pushing your services or your products. Mm -hmm. That's not what it is at all. Mm -hmm. Networking is really getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. It's the basis of a relationship. And you mentioned earlier about going to events and nobody goes to a networking event and 
walks away with a signed contract from somebody they never met before. That just right. doesn't happen. Right. It's about building the relationship. And so when you go to networking events, again, either online or offline, it's about starting a relationship. The follow-up piece is where you build and nurture that relationship and see what it can turn into. You know, this reminds me of a conversation I had with this very established artist. And I remember in my early days of networking, I was just all about collecting contacts and not necessarily like following through with them. But I was like, I was all about collecting contacts and doing these one-to-ones, but not necessarily doing any follow-through. And I remember I ended up landing an appointment with this very well-known artist. And I was actually, I just remember like how intimidated I was by him. And Mm. I remember meeting with him and I realized I didn't really know what I wanted to talk to him about. Like I was just in that mindset of like, I just want to network to network. I want to, you know, do these one-to-one meetups. And he said something like really profound to me because I told him that, you know, I see myself networking for the rest of my life. And he said something like, you know, if, if you always have to network, then you're not really drumming up business. And I think what he meant by that was just kind of like, if you just focus on collecting contacts and not actually nurturing them, then you'll always be doing that. You'll always be collecting these contacts and not actually like seeing any fruit from it, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I like how when we first started this conversation, we were talking about follow-up. And so I think my question for this is that, is there a certain time frame where you feel like you could stop networking? Like where you feel like your networking has become, like you've succeeded at it? Mm. No, actually, I don't think there's ever a time to stop networking. I mean, maybe you don't have to go to events as much as you might in the beginning of your career. Mm -hmm. But it's like developing friendships. At Mm -hmm. what point do you stop developing friendships in in your life? Yeah. And I think, though, the more connections you have, the more connections you get. Mm -hmm. Meaning, when you're connected to a lot of people and you're being of service in those relationships, they introduce you to other people. So your network continues to grow, but you may not have to make as much of a proactive effort of going to events to build it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that was the the part that I was missing was focusing on service. I think I was all about just building the connection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure. It's a common mistake. Again, where do you learn how to network? It's not something that's taught in school. Right. Some people are lucky enough to learn it maybe through their parents, but I know personally, that's not something we talked about at the dinner table in my house. So I didn't learn it there. A lot of people just kind of hit or miss learn it through experience and being thrown out into the waters, learn how to swim. Right. But if you could be intentional and strategic about it, which is why I like to work with people who are starting out in their career to help them strategically start building a network. It's like investing, Mm -hmm. the compounding factor. Mm -hmm. If you can recognize early in your career the importance of strategically building a network, whether you're working for someone else and you're building a network within your organization with people who could become mentors or champions or your colleagues, because everybody's going to grow into bigger roles down the road as your career expands. And so Mm -hmm. staying in touch with those people, you don't know where they're going to end up or whether you're building your own business and you are building connections with vendors and clients and people who can send you referrals and 
people who can offer you resources and knowledge that you don't have. Right. It's powerful. It's like planting the seeds. I was just listening to Kevin Hart's uh, book called I Can't Make This Up. And I read that. There was a, it's such a good book. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh, it's so good. I, I have a deeper respect for Kevin Hart now. Please. <laughs> and, yes. And just his work ethic. And there was a chapter in there where he said in every relationship, even though he said something along the lines of, like, yeah, live in the moment, but, you know, take advantage of every moment, like treat every moment like a seed and nurture it because you just never know what it'll blossom into. And mm -hmm. I think that when a lot of us go into these networking spaces, like, yes, it's important to have an ob objective, but at the same time, it's important to be open to the possibilities of what could come out of that situation and really just focus on building the relationship and focusing on service and just being open to whatever fruits will come of that. Yes, being open. That's such a great way to put it. And because I also say that no one is useless, meaning mm. if you meet somebody who doesn't seem to fit, like, oh, they'll never be a client. I'm never going to buy anything from them. Right. But who can you introduce that person to? You don't know. Down the road, maybe in three months, you come across somebody who says, oh, I'm looking for someone who does X. And you're like, oh, I know someone and then you can connect <laughs> those two people and be of service to both of them. Mm. Being a connector is such a valuable and great position to be in mm -hmm. because then people will seek you out. If they know that you are well connected, then you become the go-to person. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Lori, I love how passionate you are about networking and I just, <laughs> I've loved everything that you shared so far. I'm really curious to learn a little bit more about your backstory and what led you to become a networking strategist. So I started my first business in 2003 and I was making a product that became known as the gratitude cookie, which was a cross between a butter and a sugar cookie based on a family recipe. Mm -hmm. And I took that product and created gift packages for business people to be able to send to their clients or people who sent them referrals or people within their organization that they wanted to say thank you to. Oh, and that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was a fantastic product. Love the whole concept. I eventually, I just couldn't build the company to where I wanted it to be. It was really a struggle. So I ended up shutting it down after 11 years. Mm. But when I first started that company, I had to go to networking events to find strategic partners and clients and all the connections that I needed. It was very intimidating for me to walk into that room, like I said, which a lot of my clients face, walk into that room where it looked like everybody already knew each other and they were all mm. best friends and how right. do I break into a conversation or how do I you know, get to know people? And it was very intimidating to me. So again, I figured it out. I just kept going back. <laughs> mm -hmm. But after I closed that business, I started thinking about what do I want to do next? What's my next entrepreneurial thing? Because that's who I am. And people had said to me all along, you're so good at building relationships. You should teach other people that. And mm. thought, okay, maybe I could. Maybe there's a place for that. And that's what I've been doing. And, and more recently, been looking at it even in a different way as opposed to it's not just about how do you walk into a networking event and feel mm -hmm. comfortable. It's how do you build what I consider the most important asset 
you can have as a business person and even people who don't have a business, your network of connections is the most important asset you could possibly have pretty much in life. Because think about it, anything that you want, any opportunity is going to come to you through your network of connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And part of why I decided to start this new podcast show, Generic Conversations, is because I've become hungry for community. And so part of that is having to, you know, make friends before you need them. <laughs> right. And, and being able to build those relationships where, you know, I think about back then in my young 20s, like I was always about like the end goal when I was making these connections. Like, oh, I want to make these connections so they can buy from me. But now it's like, I want to make these connections so that if, you know, my car gets, you know, messed up on the road, I'll know someone locally who can come over and help me out. Or exactly. if, I need, if I need someone to watch my dog, <laughs> you know. Right. And I realized that, it's something that I was really uncomfortable doing for a long time. And, and that had partly to do with my own background of being a military child and moving around so much. And I think just that fear of like building a community because eventually it would go away in my mind, at least is what I told myself. But now that I'm not that child, that military child, I feel like I've just been so hungry to build deeper roots with people. And in our conversation today, that's what you're really reminding me that at the end of the day, networking is about relationships, is about community. Right, right. And I know you've talked about in other, I think in other episodes of your podcast about feeling like what at a crossroads and wondering what's next. And I'm seeing that a lot right now in mm -hmm. a lot of the social media groups that I'm on. Yeah. And part of being able to answer that question comes out of your network, comes out of your connections. Because again, having access to opportunities, whether it's a new job or it's a new idea, being exposed to new ideas, that all comes from your network of connections. And the wider and more diverse and deeper those relationships are, the easier it's going to be to find new opportunities. Mm, that's powerful. It's like, if you don't know what's next, network. <laughs> and you just never know. And I think about this local networking organization here in Virginia Beach. And um, I really like this organization because the heart of it is not necessarily about like professional networking. They have like nonprofits involved. But like when you go to the networking event, you share with people like why you do what you do. And it, it really brings out this human side of everyone. And it's interesting because I've heard of people who go to these networking events, like they're in transition or they just quit their job and they're looking for something new. And very often in this networking organization, you hear people finding jobs or finding new opportunities because they were able to be involved in this networking organization. And so you just never know. Like networking is just a great way to keep your options open and to give you a sense of hope. And I think ultimately to just <laughs> not feel alone, especially given today's times. Yeah. Well, and it's been really interesting with what's been happening the past few months because I've always been talking about the importance of in-person events and how it's very different than connecting online. So you could have 5,000 LinkedIn connections, but how many are you really in relationship with? Right. You know, you're connected to, but not connected with. And the importance of that face-to-face, -face, you can't replace it. And I think the past few months have proven, yes, we can still do business online, mm -hmm. but it has also highlighted how very important the face-to-face -face connection is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
absolutely. I think that once the new normal comes, however that will look like, I think there's going to be a big um, drive for local events and people, you know, meeting in person more often and spending more quality physical time, you know, with each other. And I'm really curious to see like how that's going to look like once, you know, each state or each part of the world starts to reopen and everything. The people that I have stayed in touch with throughout this whole social distancing are people that I had met in person. And, you know, obviously my family and my friends, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the people I have networked with, like those people I feel more comfortable staying in touch with. And so I completely understand and can relate to what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's driving more need for face to face. And I don't think that's going to go away. Mm-hmm. It, I've seen conversations also about conferences that now that they people know they can do them online, that they won't be doing them in person. I totally don't agree with that. I think there's still very much a place for in-person conferences because mm-hmm. there's no replacement for what happens outside of the, the room where maybe the keynote is going on or the workshop is going on. That interaction that happens in the hallways or after hours when you're, you know, sitting around with a glass of wine around a fire pit with a bunch of people, those relationships would never happen unless they were in person face to face that way. So I don't think that conferences and face to face events are going to go away. Yeah, for sure. And when that starts to happen, I'm going to like re-listen to the show (laughs) (laughs) and think like, okay, let me apply the skills that Lori had told me when I go to these networking events and, you know, prepare before I show up to an event and, you know, think about what I'm going to do once I get there and follow up, follow up, follow up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lori, I had an incredible conversation with you today. For people that want to learn more about your networking strategies, how can they do that? How can they find you online? Yeah, the best place to find me really is LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I'm posting content there all the time. So I would say find me on LinkedIn. Zen Rabbit also has a Facebook page. So facebook.com backslash Zen Rabbit. Zen Rabbit, I don't know if we even mentioned this, but that's the name of my company. So that's where that comes from. Zen Rabbit on Instagram, on YouTube, and then there is the website. I love, I love the name of your company, Zen Rabbit. Where does that come from? <laughs> <laughs> so the company I mentioned, my first company with the gratitude cookies was called Zen Rabbit Baking Company. Oh. And the name really comes from the fact that when I was a baby, my mom bought a stuffed rabbit and put it in the crib and quickly realized she could take all the other animals out. But if the rabbit wasn't there, I wasn't sleeping. And I would rub her ears <laughs> as I got older. I would rub this rabbit's ears. And for comfort. And she put me in this Zen meditative state. When I started making the cookies, people would eat them and immediately go, oh my gosh, this reminds me of something my grandma used to make. And then they were back in their Zen blissful place of baking in the kitchen with grandma. So that's kind of where the name came from. Plus as a marketing person, I have a complete background in marketing. As a name, people never forget it. Yeah. So yeah, that I was just like when I first saw it, I was like Zen Rabbit. Okay, I have to yeah. ask about this. From a branding standpoint, it's so perfect. And so when I actually started this networking business, I started with a different company name, mm-hmm. but it quickly became apparent that that wasn't the right name. Yeah, and I came back to Zen Rabbit because people still associated me with that name. Did such a great job of branding that people didn't necessarily remember my name, but they remembered Zen Rabbit. And so I just brought it back and now I 
informally refer to it as Zen Rabbit 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a memorable name. I never have seen the word Zen and Rabbit put next to each other. So yeah, it's very memorable. Yeah. Well, Lori, I want to thank you so much for your time. I think we had an incredible conversation today, and I'm sure that our listeners will want to reach out to you to learn more about your networking strategies. Before we go, do you have any final closing thoughts for our listeners? My final closing thought is just to be aware of how important connections are and whether we touched on this earlier, introvert, extrovert, it does not matter. Mm -hmm. You are not at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. You are a quieter person. Everybody needs to build the relationship and everybody has the ability to do it using their strengths. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah, I just had this epiphany recently. I was like, man, I keep saying the word introvert as if it's a disability and it's really not. <laughs> no, it is not at all. In fact, introverts tend to be better at networking. So there you have it. <laughs> because cool. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lori, thanks again so much for your time. And to our listeners, we hope that this conversation got you to say I needed this. And with that said, we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. See you next time. 